0: boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing wrap Across Victoria, RSN 927 is Talking Greyhounds. And g'day from J2 on this rather chilly Saturday morning, first weekend of winter, and welcome to Talking Greyhounds. Howdy, Simone Fisher.
1: Morning, John. It is getting a bit cool in the mornings, isn't it? <laughs> uh,
0: yes. Winter time in Melbourne and Victoria, for that matter, can be a little cool as it is around the state uh, Today... Alright, cup of tea time or a coffee, whatever your beverage is. I hope it warms you up. Who's on the show today?
1: Well, we've got the entire program dedicated to Studmaster Paul Westerveld. Ah. John today, very excited about this program. We'll be discussing Fernando Bale and also how Paul manages his very small team of stud dogs.
0: Look forward to hearing all of that from the Master Studmaster Paul Westerveld. Alright, what's been making news this week?
1: Well, the biggest news for this week and perhaps the year is that uh, the announcement of the changes to the Melbourne Cup Carnival and that staggering first prize of $630,000 mm. uh, with the total stakes for the program on the night of $1 million. I mean, we're talking thoroughbred sort of money here, aren't we? Uh, sure are. The night will showcase eight feature finals with three new additions, the Provincial Plate, the Super Vic Grays and the Cup Night Stayers. So November is a month uh, to be heading to Sandown. That's where all the action will be with the shootout starting on November the 8th. Friday the 16th will see the heats of the Cup and the Bold Trees and final night on November 23rd. So I know the boys have been busy on radio all week and media mm. commitments talking about this, um, but that's it in a nutshell.
0: Big big news for greyhound racing.
1: Sure is. Uh, the Bendigo Greyhound Racing Club are now for the 7th year raising funds for the Cheer the 5 for Kids for the Cheer for the Give Me 5 Kids charity throughout the month of June. Uh this charity supports local children's hospital wards across regional Victoria. They kicked off last night and every dog that wins from box 5 the club will donate $55 to the charity and last year Manning's Greyhound Complex matched that so they are doing the same again so effectively hundred and ten dollars will be donated to the charity for every dog in the yellow rug that wins
0: go the yellow dog this
1: month sure uh, are holding an adoption weekend at the Seymour property on Friday the 16th and Saturday the Friday the 15th and Saturday the 16th of June there will be approximately 60 dogs up for adoption registrations are essential people people can register prior to the event via the GAP GRV website. And it's also the perfect opportunity for people to go along and see what the breed is all about and see whether it is indeed the right mm. breed for you and your family.
0: All right. Look forward to that on the weekend of the 15th and 16th of June, two weeks
1: time. Yes. And coursing is at Longwood this weekend with the one, uh, with the $1,200 to the winner, Noel Ryan Memorial. Memorial. <laughs> Where have you cut the it's feature? Too cold. Too <laughs> cold. I can't <laughs> get this jaw working.
0: That's <laughs> at so, Longwood uh, this weekend. So uh, that'll be a good weekend of coursing the afternoon. Look like they're going to warm up. All right, let's hit the phone, Simone, and have a good chat uh, with Paul Westerveld.
1: Once making news around the kennels?
2: Racing. Fernando Ball as usual brilliant out of the boxes. He leads by two early. Western East through to second. Caustic Bale third. Over to fourth. Usain, I'm nutty. Followed through by Cisco range, then Gangnam Style. Amaru Bale, second last, last of all this knockabout Aussie. It's the brilliant Fernando Bale, seven lengths in front of West on East, Caustic Bale in third, four further back to Usain I'm Nutty, then Cisco Rage in Gangnam Style, Fernando Bale in front, simply outstanding. He won it by three on West on East, Caustic Bale.
1: And good morning, Paul Westerveld. Thank you so much for joining us on Talking Greyhounds this morning.
2: Good morning, Simone. Thank you for having me.
1: It's great we can talk all things Fernando Bale this morning. Um, he certainly deserves to be spoken about. But when you listen to that race, the replay of the Maturity there, um, one of his eighth Group 1 wins, did you ever think that he'd have the start to stud that he's had?
2: Yeah. Look, I guess you never know. I mean, he's one of the best guy race studs, obviously, of all time. But when it comes to the breeding barn, obviously, they're, they're maidens. So you don't know how to turn that. Fortunately, uh, he, he did get some um, really good quality matrons early on. Uh, he didn't get a whole lot of uh, lot help at the start, really. He only did, I think, a decade a 100 for his first couple of years. So that's not being uh, highly used by any means. But what he's thrown uh, straight off the bat is just phenomenal, really. He's a, he really is a stud sensation.
1: In your time in greyhounds, which has been over 30 years, and your time as a studmaster, can you think of any other greyhound in your lifetime, that uh, would match him.
2: I can't think of one off the top of my head. Like, I mean, there's obviously been some superstars um, over those years, but and, and there's different generations too, I guess, and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to compare. But personally, I don't think I've seen a dog start off, you know, like he has, and and the oh, the demand is just unbelievable. Like, we we sold out uh, about two weeks ago of his quota, and already, you know, I don't know how many people Michelle's got on the list, but. Yeah, I think it's over 30 already, so yeah, he really is in high demand.
1: We'll get to that in a moment, but how hard is it to get an unproven sire off the ground, um, considering that they don't all have the race record of Fernando Bale?
2: No, I think these days in particular, people are very careful the way they breed. It's certainly changed a lot, and, and trying to get a dog off the ground, they've, they've really got to be commercially bred, for starters, and, uh, and, and clearly have a great race record goes without saying. So yeah, it is very, very hard these days. And and I've had a few recently that, you know, once upon a
1: time would have got a fair chance,
2: I think. And and these days it's been really hard for them. So it's certainly a different, different landscape these days in the breeding scene.
1: And now with the 3 litter limit for bitches, um, if they do wish to be bred with for a fourth time and perhaps even a fifth time, they obviously need that vet clearance and and all the rest that goes with it. So the risks are a lot greater, aren't they? It's um just to reduce that overbreeding, breeders really need to be selective.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt. I think it's a good thing for the industry in a lot of ways. Um, you know, if a, if a girl can't throw after three litters, then she should probably, you know, rethink whether she is worth breeding. Obviously, there's the odd freak story, but... Yeah, you've really got to put the odds in your favour and, yeah, that's one of the main things with breeding.
1: So why do you think he was supported so well early, Paul, Um, considering there are other stud dogs around um, and, like you you mentioned, he was unproven, like they all start off unproven. What do you think it was that drew breeders to Fernando? Well, he's
2: obviously brilliant. I mean, I just had a quick look at his race record again while I was waiting and, I mean, 44 starts, 35 wins, five placings, you know, he's in the money, over 90% you know, of his starts and um, averaged about $29,000 per start. So, I mean, for a dog to, to achieve that is, you know, it's unprecedented, really. And, uh, you yeah, know, I, I just think he's out cross-breeding. With, um, it's something different, so it sort of suits a lot of our uh, colonial-bred bitches. Um, yeah, so I think that that's a big thing. And, you know, he had every sectional, really. He had first sections, middle sections. Even his run home was 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 really, really good, over 500. And most dogs, I think, that had his brilliant box speed and, and mid-race usually a week. But, you know, he can run home in 1050s, 1060s at Sandown over 500. And, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that.
1: There certainly isn't. So, Paul, do you think with... um oh We might start off with... So how many, when you talk about um, full books, what constitutes a full book? How many services can he do a month and uh, without getting into it technically about you know it's all frozen semen and that now like how many potential services can he do a month
2: well now it's actually uh per quarter so we can do 54 market use breeding units and that yeah that doesn't go very far obviously on a dog's first hole and and in high demand particularly in a breeding season so yeah that's sort of how the system works these days it's not really on a month um You can only collect the dogs about 14 times a month, but, you know, I tend to do them every every three or four days. So, yeah, they certainly don't reach those numbers.
1: And like you mentioned before, there's a waiting list for him. So are you selective with bitches or it's pretty much whoever books in and is in line can... Yeah,
2: correct, yeah. No, we certainly, we um, we are biased in any way. Basically, if you ring, you go on the list in order. Uh, if a bitch comes on season any, any sooner, then uh, they take preference, obviously. Uh, but, yeah. No, certainly no preferential treatment.
1: So do you think that there is potentially the problem then down the track of gene pool saturation with Fernando's uh, bloodlines? Is that is that something yeah, that may it's be a interesting, problem? Warren. Yeah, look, I'm not sure because I guess
2: if you bred a Fernando litter and you had a, had a really good daughter of him, you're not going to go back to him. You really wouldn't go back to his son, um, or most people wouldn't anyway. So they sort of get bred out a lot of their own, you know, the own saturation I get anyway. So, yeah, look, it's a funny one. Um, yeah, certainly, obviously, people have their difference of, of opinion. But, yeah, for us, 54, um, yeah, it doesn't go very far in Australia. And we um, we do get a lot of interest from New Zealand and, and also, you know, America and Ireland. You know, we've basically, even countries I didn't even know, <laughs> would want to race greyhounds have sort of contacted us in Europe and things like that. So, yeah, we're struggling to keep up with just Australia with him amazing.
1: So are you trying to keep it more in Australia or you'd like to get a lot more out overseas? Uh, no, we really, we concentrate mainly on
2: Australia. Um, there's a lot more involved sort of with quarantine regulations and that sort of thing when you have to collect to go um, overseas. So yeah, it is a bit more work involved and yeah, it's when we're struggling just trying to keep up here and, and we also want some put away for a, you know, a rainy day just in case something sort of ever happens You know, to him, obviously being a living animal anything can happen. So yeah, we sort of like to have some stocks put put behind us as well, and that takes time to build up.
1: And I guess with technology these days, we could see Fernando's running around in 25, 30 years' time as well.
2: <laughs> Let's hope so. That would be great.
1: <laughs> it would be great. Um, so what's the general standard of brood bitches that you are getting, Paul? Are you getting many unproven ones, or are you getting mainly like that have been great performers on the track, or just a real mix? It's
2: really just a mix, I think. Yeah, look, I mean, certainly... People at either high stud fee, so you know seven thousand dollars per breeding unit. So, you know, you've really got to believe in 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 the girl you're breeding from. I guess if you don't go to a, a solo like Fernando, so yeah, it's um yeah, it's just just really. I mean, he yeah, has got really good pictures. Let's face it, he's but he deserves them. I think.
1: And I guess that's the great position that he's in with the start that he has had at its stud. Um people are prepared to pay that money, but they're not going to do it just for anything. You know, they they're going to try and get the best. So that's um a good endorsement for him as well.
2: It is, yeah. Look, I've had a look. He's done over three hundred matings um, now. So yeah, it's a great start for it for a young dog. So yeah, it's just getting more and more. In fact I think he's probably done more in the last few months at a guess than what he did in the first two years. So I think in two two years from now, when those offspring are racing, it's going to be Fernandos everywhere, more than even now.
1: (laughs) More so. Well, Paul, look, I'd love you to stay on the line and join us for another segment, and we'll talk about the greyhounds that he has had running around in these group finals, and also how you manage having such a busy stud dog. No problem. Love your doggies? The Greyhound Leader, RSN 927.
0: once making news around the kennels. Racing. Fernando Bale flew out on the inside, the favourite lead certainly down over Cato Shea to second, followed by Kida, Kibo, and then came Donna Double One, back on the inside there fantastic spiral, followed by Bessie Boo, Lamia Bale dropping out in the last is Brad Billy down the back, Fernando's on top by two, Cato Shea is running second about five lengths away, Kibo. Donna Double One followed by fantastic spiral and Bessie Boo, Fernando Bale's the leader, a length and a half to Cato Shea going to the outside, Fernando Bale the leader, Cater Shea driving on the outside, Fernando gets home, Fernando Bales won the top gun from K to Shea and died a double one followed
1: by And we're talking all things here. Fernando Bale on Talking Greyhound this morning with Studmaster Paul Westerveld and Paul another group one win there in the top gun. It was a close one for him that night.
2: It was. It was a
1: magnificent run by K to Shea. It was a, really, really a Brilliant race. It certainly was um. Like we were mentioning before, he's had some terrific brood bitches come to him and, um, the progeny is speaking for themselves in his first season as a sire. His GCA ranking is 1519 and, um, your other dog, Barsha, is second on the ranking table there at 839 points. So yeah. He's almost oh, double. Phenomenal
2: consideration. He's had, you know, but really his, his strike rate is, yeah, it's the best and, you know, no wonder off, uh, his metropolitan results too not just his you know phenomenal group um, performers that have started off his I looked two weeks ago uh, the week ending the 25th I think it was of May and he had 29 winners I read so yeah and and I mean he's had seven metropolitan winners on a full full Victorian metropolitan card um, which you know for a dog who's, who's just starting that that's just unbelievable for any dog
1: it certainly is, and um, we're talking numbers here that I guess once upon a time we weren't talking in the millions of dollars of stake money. And Fernando cracked that, so he's setting the the standard and the bar higher and higher. But the other thing that's interesting about him, Paul, is that he's throwing genuine strength as well as speed. He
2: is, yeah, Winter stayers, and they're definitely two turn dogs, which is obviously where you know the biggest racing is and, and, and the highest rewards.
1: When you look at his uh, recent progeny or recent Group 1 winners, I, I guess you've got, you know, Hector Bale, the Australian Cup, My Redeemer, Rippin' Sam, Tornado Tears. And um, is there any particular line that you feel he's throwing to more so, or he's just throwing to every line that's coming his way? I think it's a
2: mixed bag, and that's probably because of his uh, outcrops, um, potentially. I'm, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, That but I sort of don't like to recommend to anyone <laughs> yeah. what what, they, what they're going to throw to because you could go to one, you know, say one daughter and uh, and get champion, to the next daughter that is exactly the same breeding um, mightn't throw anything. So there's certainly no rules to that.
1: No, it's all a bit of a um, a bit of a gamble, isn't it, with the breeding? But let's get to managing your stud dogs. I know you've got three there. You've got Barsha, Bale, Fabregas, and of course Fernando. Let's just talk about Fernando. How do you go about managing him on a daily, weekly basis, um, keeping him fit, healthy, happy, and um, you really need to keep his health 100%, don't you? Oh,
2: of course. Yeah, it's definitely about managing that. Um, basically, they stay on my property for most of the time. Like I said, unless we have to do an international collection. I've got a lab at home, so I do all the collections at home. And Yeah, it works really well for the dogs. Though. They love it. They get a treat after it. And, yeah, I certainly manage their fertility. They get it checked, like I said, twice a week when they've been collected. And, um, yeah, just the tricks of the trade, because you learn over the years when you've been doing something, um, you learn sort of what works, and, uh, yeah, certainly he's, he's just working a treat now, Fernando.
1: Do you find that there's much variance, um, twice a week, or is it pretty standard when you, you know, you're looking under the microscope?
2: Yeah, it, it, it's normally pretty standard with, with him, um, and, and the others, yeah, that, like Bashir and, and Fabregas, they're professional stud dogs. They know what it's all about now, so. You know, if one of them goes into the room, and they only go into that lab um, basically for that reason, so when when one dog goes in, the others go off their heads <laughs> because they obviously <laughs> know
1: uh, what's going on. Yeah,
2: so yeah, they get a special treat after it, and, and uh, oh, they get so much, so many pats, and <laughs> and I talk to them in their silly voice and get them all excited. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be embarrassing actually. <laughs> never, never watch
1: <laughs> oh, we just better make sure there's no camera in that, in that <laughs> room, Paul. Um, but with illness and things like, uh, look, greyhounds are, once they're in that routine, I mean, they can, he's not going to the track, but obviously race dogs can pick things up from other dogs at the track. And, um, so he's not in that environment. Is it hard, is it easy to keep him fairly healthy? Like not getting a little bit of kennel cough or not getting a little bit of an upset tummy? Is that, um, because they're basically quarantined, aren't but they?
2: Just- like we basically only have those three dogs in a kennel environment, so yeah, it, it's not really something that, that happens. Touch wood, but um, yeah, certainly something you got to be aware of and be on top of if if something does happen.
1: So it's a long time. Uh, it was a lot of change from those days where you'd have ten brood bitches on the property and
2: oh, happened to those do days, yeah. it was, <laughs> uh, totally different to how it is now. And and frozen steam just a you know it's been a revelation. Really, you don't need to travel with you. With your girls, If you're visiting a stud dog, and like I said, you can access you know dogs all over the world now and, yeah, get the best of the best. So, yeah, it's fantastic. And it's such a simple operation. We've got some very astute vets around Australia that, that work with us. And, um, yeah, it's a very great, great system there.
1: So do you think that um, the fact that you are able to keep him so healthy is the reason, you know, you're getting good, consistent litters, big litters, um, and, and these days, I think, with the frozen semen, you don't seem to get a runt as much, do you? They seem to be a little bit more even.
2: Oh, I don't know if that's the case, but it certainly is fertility strike rates. Now we have machines that, that, that test for ovulation. Uh, that, that's made all the difference, so we can pinpoint when they are ovulating. And, um, yeah, like I said before, the vets are just are great, the ones we do with. And the semen quality that, that I put out on the market, I make sure is, 110%. If, if there was any question marks with it at all, it'd be tipped down the sink and, and, a, and it wouldn't be out there in the marketplace. So I think that's why when you look at, you know, say GRV's fast track, and you look at the litters that we have, it's, um, yeah, it's amazing success rate. I think Fernando missed one of his first 100 and that bitch turned out she had a had a pretty bad infection and went back to him and had eight healthy pups. So, you know, that's... It just shows you how uh, how
1: good it is, I think. Yeah, and your great managing management of it all too, Paul. Because I know, um, you know, if you're working the dogs every few days, it's not like you can just pack up and go on holidays whenever you feel like it. You need to be on top of your game. But has there been any bitches recently that have um, been served by Fernando that you're particularly looking forward to seeing the pups down the track? Oh,
2: there's so many. Yeah, look, I wouldn't want to single anyone out and not miss any, but yeah, certainly. But the best of the best are going to him now even people that might have been sceptical and wanted to wait whether he was going to be a really good stud dog and live up to expectations have certainly jumped on the bandwagon now and yeah and they've openly admitted it to me so yeah <laughs> well, <laughs> so,
1: but that's a good thing and who at the moment racing I mean we've got so many of his progeny but who do you think's the most exciting at the moment
2: oh uh, it's just so many like normally with a stud dog you might name one two or three at, at any one time if they're going well and I think with Fernando he could probably make thirty or forty. It's just crazy. I uh, saw a, a young bitch win last night at Hobart called Pico Can, and, and she won her second start. She's only nineteen or twenty months old, and, and ran twenty five fifty five at Hobart last week, which is about half a length off the track record. And you know, over the years, some of some of our best sprinters have been over in Hobart. And it's you know, long straights, big horseshoe track, and really, it usually doesn't suit as well, and to run that sort of time, and then back it up last night, I think she ran 25.61, which, yeah, she's got every sectional too, just like her dad, I think she could be anything, that, that girl, as she races on the mainland in some of our big races.
1: Certainly one to look out for, as well as Rip and Sam, Tornado, Tears, Dinah Patty, Hector Bale, the list goes on and on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's just so many, Look, Paul, it's been wonderful having you again talking about uh, your stud dogs and bit of your life and Fernando Bale I think we could actually speak for an hour on him but um, we'll have to get you back on the show again another time and talk some more Fernando yeah,
2: Anytime, thank you
1: Thanks Paul
0: Cheers Simone. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher Oh, Fascinating chat Simone with a very knowledgeable man Studmaster Paul Westerville, we thank him very much for his time, talking of times fast
1: times uh, Marcus Lloyds had a couple this week Pumpernickel ran a 22.35 at Geelong over the 400 and also he had Ashtar run a 29.82 at the Meadows over 5.25. Poke the bear back at the Meadows, a 29.69 run there for Shona Thompson was my best bet last week. Mm. Not a lot of value but still a winner. Big, like...
0: big race coming up for that pup. Don't sure know what it is. <laughs> Maybe the <Perhaps> cup. <laughs> the $630,000 Tab Melbourne Cup, Shona.
1: Wouldn't surprise us. Uh, like a Cali King for Ashley Terrier, 6 1657 at Healsville up the 300 metre straight there. Dinah Chancer, a 3417 over the 600 at the Meadows for Corey Grenfell. Major Riot for Anthony Azapardi a 2493 at Shepparton over the 450. He also had Uno Fabio run a 3412 over the 595, uh, at Sandown. Uh Bernardo a twenty nine thirty seven at Sandown over the five fifteen for William McMahon and Mossimo Bale twenty nine thirty over the five fifteen there at Sandown also for Andrea Daly.
0: It's the expert pick, Simone's run of the week.
1: Well, what did you find, Simone? Uh Dina Chancer. Great run at the Meadows. Yeah, on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. Yeah.
0: Just walking by the studio, looked up.
1: Hmm. Times and margins? 600 metre win there, Thirty four seventeen. won it by over nine lengths. A um, bit more luck than he had in the Sandown Cup.
0: Zero luck. Uh, that pup's very smart. Dogs to follow, please.
1: Well, last week's dog to follow, Deliver, is in a maiden final tonight at the Meadows. Race two, number six, likely to start the favourite at his third start. And my dog to follow this week is Ashstar, who's found some form. He's had 12 starts for five wins and three placings and won Saturday night last week at the Meadows in 29.82 back. It up with a win at Sandown Thursday night in 29.73. So watch out for Ashtar where it's drawn next. Best bet. Race seven, number three, Murney on corner. Dropping dropping back in distance uh, from the 7.15 at Sandown to the 600 tonight at the Meadows. It's his second start at this trip and perhaps better suited to this distance. He's led his last couple of runs over the 7.15, may find the lead here as there's not a lot of Not a load of race pace in the race. Race
0: seven, number three tonight out at the Meadows over the 600. What's happening this week in the World of Greyhounds, Simone?
1: Well, nothing overly exciting. Again, John, we're having that real breather, aren't we? Just Mm. general heats and finals. But uh, like we mentioned, the the Werribee Cup for coursing, uh, the gap thing coming up in a couple of weeks as well.
0: Excellent, well uh, done this morning Excellent interview with Paul Westerveld. Very knowledgeable man, you keep warm Simone Thank you And in the meantime you keep those tails wagging too Short break coming up here on RSN 927 The other side of this, uh, Blake Redden will join me for uh, Talking Trots Good night of uh, Trots out of Melton Group 1 Vic Trotters Oaks coming up We'll be
2: uploading the best of today's Talking Greyhounds to rsn.net.au.